All right. Fire it up. I'm fired up. <laughs> Fire it up. <laughs> I, uh, hey, have you episode slept four? Uh, yeah, four. Wow, we're, we're whizzing right through these things. My lips are unbelievably chapped. Uh, do you notice anything behind me? Do I personally? I don't have a very large window to look. So. Can you see my helmet? Sure can't. Well, let me show you. Oh. Because I just got a present in. Oh, Ooh, we have a new helmet. So, you guys may or may not have seen Whoa. this weekend. The guy's wearing the cool cells gear from Fox. And they sent it to me in like this really cool packaging. And I got like these sick limited edition goggles uh, with it. But this gear is, this helmet is sweet. That is a sick helmet. Can I see the back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, that's that's cool as heck. It's and it came with goggles on, too? It'll look good on a Honda. Yeah, and it came in like this really cool packaging, like all done up in a box with like gift wrap. That's <laughs> sick. And I imagine yeah. you got a whole kit, obviously, right? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna open it in a whatever I see you next in a vlog. So it's in the box right behind the camera. Cool. Uh so exciting news with that. Um well, we spent a lot of time with Kenny Day, the Fox rep, this weekend. Um, this past weekend, we went to High Point. We did go to High Point. Oh, so it was we so good. Eating be- dinner on Friday night, <laughs> and somebody goes, "Is that Kenny Day?" And it's just the back of his head sitting at a, at the bar all by himself. <laughs> we were like wrapping up dinner, and then I was like, "Gosh, that sure looks like Kenny Day." And then we ended up spending like two and a half hours just hanging out with Kenny. It was awesome. Because I had also just broken the news to my driver, Jamie. <laughs> Shout out Jamie if he's watching this. Yep. That I asked him if he could go to Ireland with me, and I've never seen somebody so excited. So Jamie was just amped on Ireland. Oh, he was and then the whole weekend. he was making us all drink that night. And then we go over <laughs> to Kenny. And yeah, we were chatting with him for a while. He gave us a full tour. He gave those guys a full tour of the Fox van yeah. outside. Wicked cool. Kenny's that awesome. Was a fun night. Kenny's awesome. We had such a good conversation. Like he and I talked for a while while you guys were like kind of talking on the end. Um, super cool guy. Super cool guy. So uh, we also have a bunch of merch. Just, just, just merch everywhere lately. To be quite honest, just everywhere. I haven't worn this bad boy before, but this is the expensive stuff. This is the heavyweight. Uh, it's the nicest crew neck I've ever worn. It's heavy. Real heavy. Brady Paul. Unreal. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> Unbelievable. Should we answer? Hang on. It better be very important, whoever's calling you. Like one of these days, we need to call in somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't know it worked like that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so go buy your merch, would you people? I think there's, let me check my phone. There's not many days left of this 125 giveaway. So for those of you that want to win my Supercross 125, 11 days. Oh, less than I thought. So 11 days, any dollar you spend on the website enters you to automatically win. Uh, not automatically win. Automatically gives you entries. I'm sure that most of you guys <laughs> have already purchased some stuff, but if you haven't tried the, uh, the premium line, go on the tour site, click shop, shop premium, and then check out this stuff. I know it's pricey, uh, but it's a whole different ball game. Like this thing is beefy it's real nice and then when that giveaway ends i'm giving away uh 22 or 23 honda 250f i don't know if i told you that yet. nope sure didn't 
So I'm going to use, we're going to use this one for the ads to shoot it, but we'll give away a brand new one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Didn't I figured it makes sense seeing as how I'll be training with all people that are on Hondas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So can we talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what we're allowed to do, but I can't. Uh, well, there might be part of it that we should keep quiet. The part that of the other person who's going to be there that is new. right, 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 right. But other than that, yeah, we should. Let's yeah. Talk about so it. official. Albert's going to be making mains as of <laughs> as of yesterday or the day before. I am going to be training with Jet and Hunter before Supercross at 83 Compound in Florida. My wife, Allie, and I just bought a condo in Naples, and now we're not even going to use it. So now we're going to rent an apartment in Tampa. Did I tell you this? <laughs> no, you don't tell me anything. <laughs> so we're going to rent an apartment in Tampa now so that we're close to 83 compound and we're going to be like five minutes from Tampa airport. So that way if jet or Hunter need to use it like the night before an early flight or whatever, and then for you to be able to fly in, we'll be 40 minutes from the track, five minutes from the airport, five minutes from the beach. Be perfect. Sweet. And I just, I signed up for, I paid for a year to train and we'll just lease an apartment for a year just to kind of like, see what happens you know sweet 83 compound so uh hopefully i'll be fast doesn't matter i don't care if you're fast i'm just excited it totally doesn't matter i mean well the the only thing that matters is we're going to shoot so many videos it's going to be ridiculous and i can't wait to be in florida more Mm. this winter Mm. oh i can't wait yeah i'm excited so that's going to happen soon i think that's supposed to happen like september 1st september 1st uh, oh, the only okay. problem is we have so many, I have so many classes in September that I'm not really going to be there, but <laughs> starting, yeah, starting September 1st, we're supposed to be down there. Sweet. We'll see. We'll see Uh quick update on Moto Academy instructors. As far as race results go, we got Tyler Stepik at high point went 17, 19, super solid. Wicked. Actually looked really smooth, barely made any mistakes. He looked really, really good. Henry Miller. Do you know what place he got? Sure don't. It was like right around that. Let me. He was constantly the whole day, one or two spots either in front or behind Tyler. So Henry rode well. Let's figure out exactly what place he got. Cade is racing this weekend, I heard. Really? I think. Which, no, wait, there's no race this weekend. Next weekend at Redbud, which he hasn't been riding at all. So I don't see how the heck he's going to be in shape to do that. But. Good on him. Yep. Good on him. Guys, make sure you send in your questions. Wait, would you? Lucas? Oh, and in video form. It, you wouldn't believe how many times. You get a I lot of to, text ones. Oh, every single time. And then I'm like, Dude, Yeah, guys, send video. in video form. If you want to be in the podcast, we're really trying to do just the video questions in the podcast. Uh, so if you could, please and thank you. How Does on earth do you place? even work this thing? Oh, we don't even care. Who cares? He well, did well. He scored points. We know that. So 17. a lot of Moto Academy instructors out there, if you guys want one-on-one training, those guys are all offering one-on-one. We have Tyler Stepik at Tomahawk MX in West Virginia. We have Kate Clayson doing a one-on-one training in North Carolina. 
Henry Miller doing one-on-one training in Texas. And we have James Manny, who is a pro in the New England area. He's doing one-on-one lessons at MX23 in Mass. So the plan is to start expanding and having more pro guys doing private lessons because I get a lot of people asking about private lessons and I just simply do not have time. So those guys do a good job with that. Uh, what else, what else is happening? Let's talk. Uh, hey, so Caroli's last 450 race in America. Yeah. Guess what he got? What place he got? 22nd. 40th. <laughs> he, oh, he didn't finish uh, either moto. Yeah, I don't really happened? know why. Did he get hurt? I don't know, but I remember I was walking through the pits after the 450 race and, and I was going to go, go say hi to Plessinger because he was like, last I saw him, he was in like fourth and then he's laying on the ground like holding his knee. I was like, what are you doing, dude? Apparently, he like messed himself up pretty good. Henry Miller got 17th, by the way. Wow. Very good. Yeah. Stepik got 19th overall. So Henry went 19-16. Tyler went 17. Wow. Oh, he went 17-20, according to this. But uh, Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. 17-20, and then Henry went 19-16? Uh, That's solid. That yeah. is really solid. Yeah, it's really good. Scoring points in the for- in outdoors period is no joke. Nope. So, well, all right, let's see. Friday night, we went to dinner, hung out with Kenny Day, and High Point. Mm, High Point was good. It was so High good to Point be back was... at a race, wasn't it? Like, just to see everybody again, like, it was a lot of fun. It, it is fun. fun. Yep. I need to try to ride out of the Honda rig. <laughs> okay, good luck with that. <laughs> it's just fun pitting with those guys, I you know, know what I mean? Or at least next to them or something. Um, I know. Yeah, and they enjoy it too, which is which is neat. Like, it was fun to see Lucas and Jet and Hunter, and they were all like, it seemed like stoked that we were there. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Just such a laid back environment. I know such a laid back environment for what they're doing. It's crazy, and I saw Chase more than ever this time mm-hmm. around too. Um, yeah, it'd yeah, be interesting I was to get Chase to... this week. Oh, really? Uh, can't say about what. But I <laughs> <laughs> could talk. Uh, yep. <laughs> It'd be super cool uh, to see, like, get to know him a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just nasty. Did yeah. you see he posted a YouTube video? Oh, did he? Yeah. I know he's done that in the past. I didn't watch. Just you know. random. It was just like a ride, uh, just a couple of riding clips. Chase is cool the best. Uh, he might be the best rider alive right now. I know his yeah. results don't show it, but man, do they, he's just unreal. Oh, my stomach. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. I think he has the best technique in the world. Yeah. If I, sign, if I sound exhausted and look exhausted, people, it's because I haven't slept yet. I took a red-eye flight last night from Moab, Utah, connected in Denver until 1.45 in the morning, and then flew from Denver and landed here at 9 a.m. Oh, good grief. Yeah. And it still probably cost you a 1000 bucks. Just... To- <laughs> Yeah, 1200 I think. Oh, my gosh, dude. I know. It's just unreal. It's unreal. Uh, that was also, though, the work. That was like the couldn't have flown into a smaller airport. Baggage claim was on the tarmac outside in a little fenced-in area. <laughs> That's not where, like, the, the overhead bags were. That was, like, the bags were just laying there. Dude. And that was baggage claim. Nice. It was hilarious. Well, that was like when I flew into Missouri for the master class. Like, yeah. Well, what you described that as, this seemed even more ridiculous, ridiculously small. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was comical. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fun. But that was fun. Did you see that picture of like the mountains right yeah, there? Yeah, it looked and sick. Really cool track. Have you been there really before? Cool. Yeah, I went there last year. I don't remember what month, uh, but just like a group of people that are really hyped on, you could tell they don't have trainers or anything really happening in the area, it, it seems. I, we had like 30 guys each day, packed, track was perfect, weather was good. It was, a, it was fun. So was it was kind of like our Long Island crew. The Long yeah. Island guys were just awesome. Yeah, there's some classes that are so much fun. Yeah. Actually, there was a big difference between day one and day two in, in Utah. Day two was uh, more of like a fun fan vibe than day one, it seems. But mm. uh, yeah, I love classes that are like that. It just makes it fun for me. Yeah, the classes are fun. We have, you have Lincoln Trail early next week. Yep. Thanks for reminding me. Just freaking plugging them. Yep. You're what do we got? You have Lincoln Trail. I have this weekend off. Thank goodness. Oh, and then yeah. Lincoln Trail in Illinois, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think there's like one spot left for each of those. Wait, they, so that one's essentially sold out. You have class Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. On Thursday, are you flying up from there? Yeah. Okay. And then Martin MX in Michigan on Friday. That was That's been sold out forever i uh, sold out like the first day I yeah think. so if you live in michigan sorry if you missed that one but we'll be back because that one did sell out super super fast then bro mx i'll be there with mx factory on the 7th of july there's a couple spots left for that one yep I'll then i'm winchester there. with k who am i winchester with oh sipes i'm at uh yep. winchester sipes. new hampshire is that the first one with july. sipes Eighth, the first one I'm doing with Brian Sipes. Sweet. Is Cade so doing Martin fun. MX? No. Oh. Cade's doing Martin MX. Well, that's what I said. Oh, sorry. I said is Cade doing Martin <laughs> MX. No, sorry. Cade is. <laughs> oh, and then I'm I'm hiring Nick Thury to do Germany. Oh, fun. So he wasn't going to be there, but he's staying an extra month. So uh, Thury will be teaching in Germany with me, which is awesome, considering he's basically one of the more popular riders from Germany. Wow, that's the next week, huh? Yeah, then we got Greece. That one's sold out. Then we go to Calgary in good old Canada. My first class ever in Canada. That one has w- literally one spot left. Then I go to Ireland. Shout out Jamie going to Ireland with me. That one, I think, might even be sold out. Maybe one or two spots left. Then to the UK. That one might only have one or two spots left. All of these are selling extremely well. So thank you, guys. Hey, you, you skipped uh, a major week in there. What I miss? We're going to Loretta's. Oh yeah! Whoops, I didn't put that in my calendar yet. <laughs> First week of August. That. Yeah, we're going to be in Loretta's, guys. So if anybody's going to Loretta's, we'll have the Moto Academy van there. It's supposed to be parked behind the start gate, which would be awesome because that is prime real estate, and we'll just be hanging out for a couple of days. I, since so, I was a little kid, have wanted to go to Loretta's, so I can't wait. You'll you'll enjoy it. It's cool. Yeah. At least, well, I haven't been there in thirteen years, so I've wanted to go forever. Years. Wow, you're getting old. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. That will happen. Holy cow! I remember it very, very vividly. Your last trip. And I don't remember anything. Hmm. Like your last trip, or whatever. Yeah, last year I went there. I think I got second and third. Two fifty B stock and mod. Nice. It was good. I was fast then. Yep. I was fast then. If you guys All ever right, want well, to win at trivia at the races, 
AJ has never gotten a Loretta's championship. No, literally <laughs> second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Every position but first. Well, when I raced, but, I was the king of second as well. I've never won really? a race, but I've gotten second more times than I can count. Uh, all right, guys. Well, so what we do in this podcast, if you've never watched it before, is we talk about nothing and then we answer questions. So if you're in the Moto Academy app, which you have to be if you're watching this, send in your questions in video format mm-hmm. about anything, anything at all, riding, training, uh, business, life, girl problems. Yep. <laughs> uh, you name it. Can't Ask imagine away. the advice we'd have for that. And we'll answer. All right. Do you, we have anything good today? What do we have? All, I don't are know. Are they all dirt bike questions? I legitimately can't remember. Most okay. of these came in over the past week. So. Okay. All right. Let's see what happens. You ready? Fire away. Question number one. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. A couple questions for you on GoPro helmet mounts. Uh, mm-hmm. One. What, t- what type are you guys using? I just worry about this lower style that hangs down from the helmet, kind of impacting with the sternum. Second question is, what camera is Cameraman Cam been using at the events, uh, the training events? And third, I wanted to say thank you. I've learned so much from AJ and working with Coach Evan has improved my riding a ton. Thanks a lot for all the hard work. That's awesome. Cool. Thank you for sending in the video. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see, helmet. The one we used to use a Dango mount. Cam still uses it. I Get the one that I have, Cam, because it's better. Uh, I Helmet, probably won't. But chin mount. <laughs> yeah, so I oh, use a Dango Designs Gripper mount. Um, it's not good. I think it's once great. you use the other one, you realize it's not good. So I did he show that in that video talking about hitting the sternum, dangling down? What was he showing? Yeah, that's a Dango. Yeah, get rid of that one. Go on Amazon. Type in. A S U R E W O Sherwo motorcycle helmet chin strap mount for GoPro. It's fifteen ninety nine. It has like a little buckle system. I would guess that it basically that system should work on any helmet. Uh, doesn't get in the way at all. Doesn't really move around or shift around as much. Where the Dango one, like just kind of being up on the chin, it's really easy for it to kind of slide down, end up sideways, or just fall off altogether. Hits your crossbar pad. This one doesn't do that, and it's way cheaper. So get that one. Yeah, and the Dango tends to not work on a lot of helmets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a Fox helmet, like a V3, and it works awesome because the chin is flat. Like literally, couldn't be any more flat. Right. But just about any other helmet doesn't work super well. Um, as far as what camera I'm using for the events, so I use a few different ones. Uh, my main setup at races and at classes and stuff is a Panasonic Lumix GH5S is the type of camera. Uh, and then I have a Metabone speed booster on it, which allows me to put on Canon L-series glass, like L-series lenses, so... I'll typically use a Canon 1635, 24 to 70, and 70 to 200. Those are my go-tos. I have a Rode Wireless Pro something. Um, and then our Rode Wireless Goes are our favorite mics ever. And that's the setup. It's really nothing special. Like when we do the more high budget, if you will, stuff, like, you know, the last video we shot, Gosh, it was over a year ago, the last time we shot with my cinema camera. Um, we shot the bike giveaway video, the hot rod video. 
Um, I shoot that on a red uh, Gemini. Is Was that the last video we shot on the red? I want to say so, yeah. Hmm. Um, just because like with the races, we need to be as low profile as possible. And with the class videos, it wouldn't make any sense to shoot on a cinema camera. So I definitely hold that for more of the fancy stuff. Um, like again, I came, we from, should shoot this, that Fox wants me to do a video with that cell stuff. We should shoot that with the red. Yeah, absolutely. Now that I think that don't know where I yeah, know or when, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, remember I came from the commercial world. I worked uh, at a local production company in high school full time. And then after that, sort of my own production company, uh, my parents had a college fund for me. We had been saving for college. And instead of going to college, I invested all of that money into the business. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we got here. Uh, I use the red on basically every project that isn't for AJ right now <laughs> um, because they're a little bit more like corporate, I guess you could say. So the little bit cleaner is, is good. But yeah, so that's my setup. Um, I had a GoPro Hero 8 until this weekend. Now I use a GoPro Hero 10 because <laughs> mine fell off of Stepix bike and is now at high Nobody point. found it. Such it was the sickest footage, guys. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. We watched it. We watched it and he is like inches from Dungy and Roxin and like it all oh, the footage was so it was so good. And it was perfect because it would get roosted with a clump of mud. Yeah, and, and then he'd be like, Oh, it's gonna be bad. And then it get roosted again, it would knock the mud off perfectly so that it would be clear as day again. And we're like, oh, this is it. This is a perfect video. Oh, it's so a thumbnail because he was like right side by side with Dungy or Roxin, one of them. Oh, and broke off. Just yeah. broke off. Not the mount. The actual GoPro, like, broke apart. Um, so, Such like, the, the little, like, thingies that come down that you put the screw through ripped off of the GoPro. So, that was awesome. Um, so, yeah. Unreal. That's about all the gear I have. Well, that's I have it. a lot more gear. And I use that. a Panasonic GH5, too. That's what I'm filming with right there. I... I'm highly considering placing the order today for the GH6. Is it available? It is. But it has much better in-body stabilization, which for what we do would be very helpful. Especially because you just freaking might as well have Parkinson's. Yeah, I'm just the shakiest, <laughs> just the shakiest <laughs> filmer ever. Um, so yeah, that's that's the plan. Well, that's why I use my shoulder mount everywhere. That makes yeah, it that acceptable. Yeah, that a lot. When I go handheld, it's it's a nightmare, so... Um, so yeah, might be getting one of those soon. Cool. All right. Well, next question. Hit us with it. Okay. This one's going to be interesting. I'm very interested to hear your answer because I do remember this one. All right. What's up boys. I think I'm too late for the podcast, but, uh, keep this in the bank for later. Uh, I'm wondering what you think about, um, a 23 year old myself, uh, trying to make a name for themselves now, starting now in racing. I uh, never had the chance growing up financially. It never worked out. And I'm thinking about saying screw it and trying to chase this dream actually for once. Uh, what do you, what's your opinion on uh, the older people getting into the sport and trying to make a name for themselves? Do you think it's worth it or do you think it's too late? Great question. Some I get asked this more often than you might think. I get asked this all the time. I got asked this yesterday by somebody else. 
Now, my first question back to that would be like, what are you referring to? I, I feel like, didn't somebody ask this recently on the podcast? I don't think so. Are you trying to make a name for yourself like by qualifying for Loretta's? Are you trying to make a name for yourself by racing professional supercross, by racing outdoors? My advice to you would be, okay, so I don't even, he didn't preface by saying what skill level he is even at this current moment, did he? Right, no, he didn't. That would be helpful. Yeah, we need we need more info here. I would, you know, starting at 23, if you trained with me, on a regular basis, three, four days a week and rode three or four days a week, every single week, starting at age 23, I could turn basically anybody into a pro. A good pro? Mm, probably not, because I feel like it's too late, but maybe not, because if you started at 23 and you were building each year by the time you turned 30 and didn't have any injuries because you were doing it the right way and had good technique, Theoretically, you could ride competitively until probably almost your mid-30s. So that gives you plenty of time. Give you almost 13 years, 12 years. Uh, my advice would be to go... That This is all a long shot, but I, I, like, I think it's a... I'm the type of person that would do, do that, something crazy like that, I guess. But just because I think anything is kind of possible. I would go the Supercross route. There was a kid at Club MX this winter that raced C-Class. He had zero real racing experience. And then they just decided, hey, I want to be a professional supercross rider. And that was the decision he made. So instead of trying to go to Loretta's, waste his time with any of that stuff, he went to Club MX and he just started riding and training supercross. And he ended up making a couple night shows towards the end of the season once he got his points this year in the 250 East class. That's amazing. Yeah. Went straight from C-Class to Supercross. Uh, yeah, so I would say it's, pos it's possible. Will you make a living from it? Most likely not. But then again, there, there's so many things in this world that are a long shot, so you might as well go for it and enjoy doing it. I don't know. Cameraman Cam, what would you say? I mean, I'm 23. Um, it would take a lot of work to go pro. You know, but if you really want it, I guess you really want it. You know, like I really want to be. A, yeah, but imagine if you rode four days a week with proper oversight. Oversight? Yeah. Pro just me. If you rode four days a week and had me there by your side training with you every day, not to mention if you were to do it the right way, the way that I'm describing, the, it will be very expensive and right. extremely time consuming, pretty much all consuming. Like it, you will have to give up everything else you're doing to be able to make that work. Like to get to where I've been functioning these last five or six years, just showing up to the races, it, it might be misleading to people thinking that it is easier than it is. I am working off muscle memory and years and years, my entire childhood from the time I was four years old to when I turned pro when I was 16, riding and training three to four days a week and racing Saturday and Sunday every single week, didn't skip a beat. Yeah. And all of that to lead to, you know, then being in my years, these last five, six years, not even being able to make a main because I don't ride enough. And that's a lot of years of training. Yeah. Not to mention the mental aspect of the whole deal. It's like part of me wants to say it doesn't matter how much you train if you're if you don't like. I don't know. For me, just speaking for me, right? I'm 23, whatever. 
I, I'm not saying I could ever go pro because I really don't think I could, but I could get a lot better at riding, but my head would never let me be good at racing. Right. You know what I mean? It's just the risk is too high. Yeah. Yeah. It would take a special kind of human, but I don't think it's impossible. I don't. No, of course it's not I think it's impossible. extremely, extremely, extremely difficult and the chance of it happening would be extremely, extremely low, but I don't think it's impossible. Right. And it would be very expensive. Yeah. It'd be very but expensive. But guess what? You want to know what? What's that? He's starting in the right place. He's in the app. That's true. We do have a master right class place. on how to go pro. Let me know if it works out. Uh, <laughs> all he has to do is start with first time in the master class and just work his way all the way to the pro level in the master class series. Boom. Everything's in it. there as long as you do it, you know. Right? I mean, pretty much everything is in there. I mean, I can't think of anything else other than yeah, like the logistics of like how to get your pro points, how to get like, you know, there's those videos we still need to make, but we were going to make them and AJ was like, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> so yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. Next question. Hit us with it. Not well, good luck, man. Let me, I mean, send me a message in here. Let me know, like, let me help you. Yeah. Let me give you continued advice. Give me some more uh, background info and uh, I'll help as much as I can. Is there an age where Dude, you... Dude, my stomach, unbelievable. Like, can you hear it? No. It's going crazy over here. Is there a st- is there an age where you would say, nah, can't make it? Uh, yeah, probably... Probably 28. So how old you are basically. Yeah. But like to start, that would be too late to start. Yeah. Oh my God. Just start something. Yeah. That's gotta be way too late to start. I can't learn anything new (laughs) when your brain is fully developed. Like dude, think of me trying to like learn golf. No way. Yeah. I'm trying to learn golf. Yeah. I'm trying, but it's not going well. Well, you'll get there. I need to now that I'm going to be full-time Florida resident. I think you have no option training with the Lawrence brothers than to learn golf because every yeah. day, every off day, they're going to be like, Hey, Albert, let's go play golf. I know. And you're going to be like, Oh, <laughs> <But> <laughs> stomach still going on. I'll be like, all right, see you guys. I'm going to the beach. <laughs> yeah, literally. Okay. Next question. Hit us with it. How many we got left? Only two, two. left. What's up guys. My question is this. I want to progress in jumping at an accelerated rate. I've only been riding for two years. It's hard to feel like I haven't lost time of all those years growing up that I could have been riding dirt bikes. So is there a way to accelerate my courage and confidence to be able to hit new jumps and bigger jumps while being safe? Great question. Do you know who that is? No. You do though. That's... um. I don't know how to say, say his last name, but that's Taylor Shy. Oh, Sh- yeah. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know who that is. Yeah. Yep. Anyhow. Uh, great question. I get asked this all of the time. Jack might want to clip this one if we can get a clip out of this bad boy. The Because I'll give the same advice to anybody. Yes, you can sort of do it and build confidence in an, in an accelerated fashion, but it's the, the only way to do that is to build confidence. The only way to build confidence is to just repetition, 
do it over and over and over and over and over. So if you have a, a local track, pick a jump on that local track or a, a set of jumps that are on the verge of being uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, but on the verge. You also have to make sure that they're very safe. So if you go short or you go long, you're not going to kill yourself, right? Because you have to kind of form that memory bank of like, okay, this jumps like 70 feet. The takeoff looks like this. Landing looks like this. This is how fast I can go. The only way you build that and build the confidence of knowing how fast to go is by practice over and over and picking smart jumps to do that on. So pick a, a set of jumps that are pretty close to the edge of your comfort zone and maybe do a track loop and just hit them over and over and over until you feel like you could do it one-handed blindfolded. You know what I mean? Until it's so easy that like you can't believe how easy it's become. Then go up one tiny notch from that and make sure again that it's a jump that you are very, it's safe if you go long, it's safe if you go short, but maybe it's 20 feet longer, right? And then do it over and over and over and over until it feels like the easiest thing in the world. It's still a time-consuming process, but what you don't want to do is make a, a, a bad decision by trying to make too much of a leap to a jump that is too big, just beyond your comfort zone completely, and that isn't forgiving. So if you go 10 feet long, you're going to explode yourself, or if you case it by five feet, you're going to explode yourself. Then you're back to square one with confidence, and then it's going to take another year and a half to build it. So you have to be really, really strategic on what jumps you choose. Jumping is very easy. I just think most people don't have the guidance or the common sense maybe even to like know how to go about that process. But the, even the process is very simple. Just make sure you're picking the right, the right jumps. And unfortunately, at, at a lot of local tracks, the jumps aren't built super well. So even you're in the app, just like everybody asking these questions. So send a video of the jumps that maybe you're considering jumping next, or maybe the ones that you're practicing now. And let me give you some feedback like, okay, this jump's a little too short and steep. The landing's a little bit unforgiving. Uh, maybe not do that one, right? Or, okay, this tabletop's huge. It's a hundred feet, but you could land at 80 and be safe, or you could go to 130 and be safe. Uh, it's a good jump to build confidence and kind of get that feeling of like what it feels like to be in the air for an extended period of time. Uh, because you're kind of in that zone too. You're at the point where, Cam, where you're like, you're right there in the middle to where you're good enough to hit, in my opinion, good enough to hit basically any jump. But you don't really fully believe that yet. Nah. So, Nor do I want which, that. <laughs> which means that like you kind of aren't ready because if, if you have hesitation and you don't commit 100%, well then yes, you will mess it up and possibly get yourself hurt. So the confidence has to be right on par with the this, this skill level that you, you're at at the moment too. Right. Because it requires 100% commitment. Yep. Was that good advice? You ain't going to see me hitting any super cross triples anytime soon. So jumping, yeah, jumping is very, very, very easy. You just have to master the attack position so that your, your instinct is to stay in it when you end up in a bad situation. So to not let your head come back, uh, not let your knees cave forward when you land, because it, it, when you get really good at that, then you could also get away with like way overshooting something or way casing it. And that will boost your confidence tenfold. And that's really because what you, it is. What? That's really what it is. Is confidence. Yeah. Right. You know, like, 
Well, remember when Hunter taught the class at Spider MX? What was the first thing that he did? He brought the guys over to a little step up tabletop situation and said, jump it halfway or three, you're going to case this jump. And he had everybody just jump and case it, jump and case it, jump and case it so that they could learn how to land kind of hard, right? Mm -hmm. He had them bracing with strong legs so that they knew how to like take that impact. That alone will give you the confidence to, to be able to jump bigger stuff because you know what to do if it goes wrong. That's why I have the confidence. I know like, shoot, I could, I could overshoot something by a hundred feet and probably be okay. Yep. Because I've had so much experience landing in so many different situations that it just becomes natural. So that's my advice. Send some videos in the app, which I know he does often. Good. Maybe just not of his face, but yeah, I recognize that name. So he, he sends, he's at very active in, uh, as far as sending messages goes. So yeah, it's, that's a good first step. Yeah. Cam, anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, I was just going to say, like, I, you may disagree. I feel like I had a pretty decent idea of, like, what technique on a dirt bike looked like before I met you. But the tweaks that we've made in the last couple of years have made, more than anything, has just given me confidence to go and do stuff. You know, like, for me, like, what I always (laughs) tell my buddies, I don't know if this is good advice, so don't roast me for it. (laughs) But if you can master the attack position, it's the same thing that Chase Sexton's doing. Yeah. Like the ceiling's as high as you want it to be. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's bike setup and crap like that once you get really high. But like, I don't think there's much holding me back from getting a lot faster other than confidence. But I've gotten a lot faster over the last couple of years because of the confidence that's come with that, you know? Yeah. Because it really, when you learn the correct body position, standing up, everything becomes very easy. Yeah, it's not hard. Once you learn how to just ride balanced, you know, something I'm working on with Kip right now is Kip rides with his head behind the crossbar. Like he has the perfect attack position other than that one thing. Yeah. And we were at bogey bros and you know, the, the little table to single where you tripled it. Yeah. We were just working on that table. This is a tabletop that's maybe two and a half feet tall maybe 20 feet long, like super small, super doable. Um, and he clear, no problem, but he kept hitting it and finding himself like floating backwards and landing on his rear tire. And he couldn't figure out what was going on. I'm like, dude, your head's like four inches behind the crossbar. And he's like, well, if I lean forward, I'm going to, I'm going to go over. Yeah. See that's And the- I'm like, I'm like, dude, put your head six inches in front of the crossbar and then go hit that jump. Watch what happens. And sure enough, the bike just levels out and like, it's, it's perfect because also, if you say put your head across six inches in front of the crossbar, you're going to be right over it where you should be most of the time. <laughs> um, at least for me, I have to think like I'm over the front fender for me to yeah. be in the right spot. But yeah. um, and sure enough, like if you hit a jump and your head's in the right place and everything else falls into place, the bike just shoots level. And it's it, like it really is so simple. But to, to do that, it, it requires some level of confidence. Right. Or a complete blind faith in whoever's telling you to do (laughs) what you're doing. Right. Right. Which he doesn't have for me, but we're working on it. (laughs) Um, anyway. All right. Last question. We got one more. Yeah. Last question already. This one came in today. Totally forgot what it was. Here we go. Hey Cam, my name's Tanner. So my question for you and for everyone, I'm sure it'll get asked is about arm pump. Um, I'm curious if you know if there's any foods or supplements that I can get in my body before riding that will help prevent it as long as possible. And then while I'm riding, when I take breaks, 
if there's anything that I can do with my arms or if there's, uh, if there's any other product or anything that can help relieve the uh, arm pump and maybe any sort of workouts that would uh, strengthen forearms without uh, adding too much muscle, basically. So yeah, uh, arm pump. Okay, good question. An interesting comment at the end slash question at the end. Ask Coach Evan, send Coach Evan a message inside of the app. Listen to what feedback he would have. Uh, But I tell you what, nobody has more experience with getting arm pumped than I do. So I can tell you what works and what doesn't work for me, at least. Arm pump is, what arm pump, by the way, there was a good video that just came out on Gypsy Tales. He had a a doctor that performs arm pump surgery on. And he basically, everything he said mirrored what I say. So I was glad that I kind of was on the right track of understanding it. So your muscle in your forearm has muscle fascia around it. It's basically like a sausage skin is how he described it around your muscle. Uh, that's really, really, really tight. So when your muscle starts pumping up, basically it just gets constricted by that muscle fascia going around the muscle itself. And then the blood cannot circulate and it cannot escape so it's almost like a form of compartment syndrome uh and so you start losing feeling you feel that you feel the pain all of that strengthening will only make that worse i would think you would think stretching your forearm would be the move so if you know the forearm strong device like which they say helps arm pump maybe a little bit because all it's doing is that device is just putting pressure points into your arm and then it has that you do different stretches like this with your forearm another thing you can do is get one of those theragun deals and just break up the scar tissue break up your muscles a little bit in your forearm bet you that would help a tiny bit technique on the bike depending on how poor your good or poor your technique is is a huge, huge factor, maybe the biggest factor for most people. How you breathe on the dirt bike, if you are if you have good breathing patterns or if you're just kind of a guy that goes and just holds your breath, you're gonna get arm pump. Uh, if you're super muscular upper body, you're probably gonna get arm pump. If you're a guy that has fast twitch muscles, probably gonna get arm pump. So look at a guy like Roxon and Tomac with their shirt off uh, or myself compared to Dungey or compared to Chase Sexton or Jet Lawrence or Hunter Lawrence. They look like, or Marvin Muskin. They, those guys are all look, look like twigs. Uh, where if you look at Roxon or Tomac, they're definitely the fast twitch muscle type of guys. But guess what? They're the guys that all of a sudden get 11th in your race and you're like, well, what the heck just happened? They got arm pump. Uh, so nutrition, yeah, Coach Evan would probably say there's absolutely certain foods you can eat that will maybe help. A tiny bit, but I, uh, you know, it. The difference with that is going to be so insignificant. It's more so learn to ride the best you can, and the weight distribution is probably the biggest one. If you're getting arm pump, it means there's too you're holding on too much with your arms to a certain extent. So the further forward you get your head when you accelerate, the more it's going to relieve pressure from your arms. Yeah, go ride one handed. Not even kidding. Yeah, yeah, go do the one handed drill and feel really think about the way that the one-handed drill makes you ride the dirt bike. You're going to instantly realize, oh shoot, like I got to grip this much with my legs. This feels crazy. Like I, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. When I stand up with the hand off, I have to lean this far forward when I give it gas, or I have to go to this point and lower myself when I break. 
all of that teaches you the exact positions to be in uh, because what it'll make you realize most likely is that you're probably muscling the bike around with your upper body the whole time and just didn't really know it. Yeah. One hand drill is actually good advice. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's it do that. Do that freaking one hand drill has taught me so much. Like did I tell you, I wouldn't did it the other day in like a grass track. I may have even said that on podcast. I can't remember. Oh, you did. And I did it for like 30 minutes straight. Because it wasn't very hard because I was just in a grass track, but there was some elevation and stuff. It was so much fun, but also just like the precision and finesse that you learn from riding one handed. When you put your other hand on, if you actually do that and like pay attention to where your head is, like where it needs to be, like where your weight is. Oh, dude, it's it's a game changer. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Good advice, cameraman Cam. Yeah. Hey, uh, you had arm pump surgery. Yeah, I did. I did. And, and it worked amazing for probably 60 days to the point where I could ride so ridiculously hard. I was doing 30 minute motos on my supercross track as fast as I could. Yeah, and wow. I would come off the track and my arms would just be like jello. And I'm like, yes, like this is unbelievable. Hmm. And then the doctor even said it. And my doctor said the opposite, which pisses me off because I always thought that he was not being truthful about it. Uh, this doctor on Gypsy Tales said that it will always come back because the scar tissue will build back up. And in some situations, the scar tissue ends up being worse and uh, like more dense or thick and less malleable than the, the muscle fascia was in the first place before you cut yourself open, which is exactly what happened. So after 60 days, like I felt it starting to come back and that was like going right into right before Anaheim one. I'm like, Oh, of course, like what kind of timing is this? And then it just got worse and worse. And this was 2018 maybe is when I got it. And now it's, it's worse equally as bad as it's ever been, unfortunately. But on race day, you'll use that, whatever it's called that knife looking thing that like butter knife. Oh yeah. So I use a gua sha stainless steel thing. Uh, just look up gua sha tool on like Amazon. And I, I like scrape my arm with that to try to break up scar tissue and just kind of like, uh, do something to the capillaries. I don't know what it does exactly, but pretty painful. it seems to help but, a little bit. Yeah. Which, I said yeah, pretty painful. I mean, well, the, the, the thing that you got to do is you got to get that, like the blood that isn't moving out. Like that's the whole goal. So I have oh, to get sure that's helpful. Once yeah. you get arm, once you get arm pump, like if you do your warm up, like let's say you go do a 15 minute uh, warm up and you get it really bad. Your best opportunity to not get it the rest of the day is right after that. Really do some massage work or use that gua sha tool or the Theragun, whatever, stretch your forearms, uh, get the blood out of there. And then next time you go out, it should definitely, it should be better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, I always get arm pump first thing, like my first warm up moto, and then I'm usually good for the rest of the day. Yeah, um, most most people are kind of along those lines. As a pro, like you're usually forced to ride a little bit harder than you want to. Yeah, uh, which always usually leads to arm pump. It was interesting to hear Tomac. He was on some show talking after Colorado just a couple weeks ago about how he had just he just got arm pump at Thunder Valley. Um, oh. And he was getting it or no, he got it at whatever the round before that was. And then he fixed it for Colorado. Um, And what was interesting is his fix was in his shock, 
which is yeah. very weird. So he brought a shock, shock up. You know shock what I mean? is probably the most important thing when it comes to arm pump for me because the, the worst place I would get arm pump is not the bumps going into the corners, although that can cause it. It's the acceleration coming out. So if you have right. the wrong so, uh, shock setting for that and you're like, you, you're riding a track that has a lot of acceleration bumps and you're just getting like, especially on that Yamaha 450 that just wants to rip you off of the thing the whole time. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Of no. course you'd get arm pump. Not to mention he doesn't have a detune map in it. That, that thing's a factory 450. Like. Yeah. Like, of course. You have to find something that, that's plush enough somehow that when you get go through that chop, it just kind of like goes through it and doesn't deflect like crazy. And when you exit the corners, something a, a technique you can practice, leaving both feet on in the corners helps a lot with this. The angle of your foot on the foot peg is not only applying pressure Let's see if I can do it in the camera here. Not only applying pressure down, but look at the angle of your foot when you're sitting. It's putting pressure backwards. So if you're really putting the weight into your feet when you sit and not into your butt, you can keep yourself in position and not feel like you're getting tugged off the back of the bike when you accelerate. So that tip alone will help yeah. ease a lot of that pressure off the arms. But the one hand drill will force you to do that. Right. So it, like do, for the biggest thing for me is it forces me to sit in the right spot. If you sit just an inch too far back, you're going to get arm bump. Yeah. You know, the other yeah. thing that's really helped me is, um, and this is just something that I started working on literally this summer. This has been like my summer thing that I'm trying to really dial in is just holding the grips the right way, which I know sounds ridiculous, but, um, I move my lever, like you say it all the time, but I finally did it. Move my levers all the way in. And I'm teaching myself to ride with my pointer fingers on the levers at all times. And if you have the angles with your wrists right, as far as the bars go, you know, it helps your elbows and everything like that. But you literally cannot grip the handlebars very well at all. <laughs> right. And that's the whole point. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you shouldn't. And I don't get arm pump. Like, not anymore. I used to get it really bad. there was really an bad. interview with Roxon, and he made a good point. Somebody asked him, it was shortly after you had all those surgeries, they said, well, how is it to ride uh, with, after all these surgeries? Are, do you struggle with a lack of grip strength? And the first thing Roxon said is he said, well, I'd rather not have grip strength. I'd rather have less grip strength. Yeah. And I was like, boom, that's the correct answer right there. That's the, that is a huge misconception, but yeah, there's a ton of technical tips we can give you. I mean, go, go on the member bonus videos and watch and really hone your technique in because that that's going to be the number one answer. Forget about diet. I mean, you could eat freaking Twinkies and Ho-Hos and have However, good technique in the bike. I have something to say about that, but keep going. Oh, okay. What do you, do you, have you ever had a Twinkie? Well, not, I didn't have anything to say about Twinkies, but yes, I've had a Twinkie. <laughs> have you ever had a Ho-Ho? I don't think so. What about a Yodel? Nope, not a Yodel. What about a Hostess Cupcake? I've probably had one of those, but I can't remember mm. what it tastes like. I used to love all You know of what I love? You know what I love real quick? What? Um, I forget who makes it. Little Debbie, I think. Those oatmeal cream pies. So good. <laughs> oatmeal cream. I don't know what that is. Oh, sounds, oh. sounds gross. Oh, no, it's fantastic. You would love them. You would literally love them. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the all seasoned chips or whatever the heck those all dressed. Gosh, you're disappointed me so much with those. I couldn't believe people knew what they were. And I saw people commenting that they knew what it was. It's a Canadian thing. They're apparently very popular uh, in, in Canada, but in Canada, in Canada. Anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, but I, I have to go. Allie's calling me. I, she, I, we have a phone call with my bookkeeper. I got to figure out how much money I'm making or oh, not making. Good golly. Uh, yeah. Well, real quick, I was going to say, Tyler okay. Live say, 
claims he has a eating regimen that takes away arm pump. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, but he's, I've never heard him really share it with anybody. So right. It might what, be fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who is he keeping this? Is he just going to die with the secret or yeah, he like wouldn't tell us he like yeah. wants to, yeah, it was kind of funny, but, but yeah, I mean, dude, freaking work on those little things, ride one handed, figure your grip yeah. out, sit in the right spot. Yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. Um, it was also really in, what it was no, also, I was just, just, I was just sighing. It was also really breath. interesting in that Eli interview to say he was talking about a battle he was having with Sexton where Sexton was behind him and he's like, you cannot hear those Hondas. Oh, really? <laughs> literally in the vi- in the vi- in the interview, he was like, Roxanne or Sexton, you can't hear them. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, that was noticeable at high point. L- listening to them go past the mechanics area wide open, you could barely, barely hear the Honda. Yeah. And then you would just hear Tomac just screaming. Wide open. Yeah. So cool. So cool. (laughs) Well, folks, that's episode four in the books. How long did we make it? Did we get an hour? 40 minutes. That was it? Yeah. Wow, we suck. And by we, I mean me. Oh, Ellie's calling me. I was ready to keep going, but. (laughs) I'm going to get grounded. Oh, no. You'll bow. All right, folks, make sure. um, What's the call to action here? Go to YouTube and subscribe to the Moto Academy YouTube channel if you guys haven't already. That's where these clips are going to live. Uh, But thank you guys for being members. And inside the Academy, this is still, we're in our first year of doing this thing, so you guys are OG members, and I love that. I love being able to travel the country and the world and teach people that are genuinely excited about learning how to ride a dirt bike the right way. So thank you guys for taking that seriously and, and using your part of your monthly budget to subscribe to the moto academy app i think that's really cool it's really special uh send in your submissions to cameraman cam send videos Videos. and ask about anything those all those questions were varying videos guys videos if you text me a question uh please just videos Videos (laughs) to cameraman cams messages if you send them to me i'm just going to respond back as if you were asking for my advice and not know that you wanted it to be on the podcast so if you want to be in the podcast send it to cameraman cam what we're going to start doing here more often hopefully in the near future is we'll be having clips regularly on the youtube channel as well so you would be featured on the public youtube channel if you want to be uh okay well what else that's it. We'll I'm see you at Redbud because we're going to be at Redbud. Yeah. Martin MX on Friday, ne- next Friday. See you guys there that are going to be there. Can't wait for that one. See you guys at Lincoln Trail Tuesday, Wednesday, I think it is. And see you guys at Redbud. We'll be hanging. Cameraman Cam and myself will be there. Jet and Hunter are doing some cool fan experience things. So I'm sure we'll be hanging out in there. Uh, come say hi. Other than that, we'll be at the Honda truck. I'm sure we'll be around. So make sure you stop by, say hi, let us know you're a Moto Academy person so we can put you in the race vlog. Okay. I need to find some chapstick. Episode four, toodles.